Coming up next on 2NURFM, Thursday Finance with Stephen Pritchard joining me, Jane Klein. And today, well, if you've got children or grandchildren you'd like to put some money aside for, then investing for them is on the agenda. Uh, We'll also have our market snapshot with Henry Jennings and we'll take a look at mortgages. Are they getting harder to come by? Before we look at currencies and commodities, mortgages, are they actually getting harder to come by? Um, Yeah, for for certain categories of mortgages they are. Um, um, A couple of weeks ago the CBA said that they were clamping down on off-the-plan mortgage sales. Mortgages for off-the-plan purchases. What do uh, they mean by clamping down? Uh, restricting the amount of money they're going to lend, and um, you know, generally not lending or making it harder or tightening the, the eligibility criteria. And then later, the same week or late last week, they also announced that um, they were clamping down on um, lending to first um, homeowners. I mean, what, what, what's basically happened over the last few years is that the, the lending criteria has been, you know, progressively um, loosened up a bit and people who previously wouldn't have been able to get a loan have been able to get get loans. And um, one of the things that's happened is the, allergy, um, the serviceability's you know, rapidly increased. They used to. They used to. Um, when I first got a home loan, they they used to only lend you uh, an amount equivalent to your um, 27 to 35 percent of your weekly salary could only go in repayments. Well, that's with some lenders. That's now crept up to around 50 percent of the combined um, husband and wife's income. So, and that, that's one of the reasons the property prices have gone up. Uh, is because the banks have been financing their loans. So it's going to be interesting to see when, once it becomes harder to, um, to, to, to borrow money, what effect that's going to have on the property prices. Will that also make a difference to people wanting to build their own home? Um, yeah, I think it's going to depend. I mean, you know, depend on, you know, I think we're going back to the old days, uh, I suspect, where, you know, if you had the relationship with the, with the bank, you, you had more chance of um, getting a better deal than someone who just walked in off the street, which is, you know, previously there's been this, you know, up to recently there's been this grab of, you know, we've got to get more Homeland customers in the door. Um, you know, we'll basically do anything we can to, to get them. But now it seems to be turning around slightly that, that you know, I, I'm sure if you're banked at whatever bank or institution since since you've been going to school or something, you're going to get a better deal than someone's walked in off the road. Um, the other thing's interesting, there's a number of, uh, I've noticed a number of the developments in Newcastle that, that have been sold off the plan are, uh, are nearing completion and it's going to be interesting to see um, what happens when settlement time rolls around on those and uh, if they're actually going to value up to to the price they're sold off the plan for. Mm. I mean, we had had experience in Newcastle before where, where properties that were sold off the plan didn't value up to the to the sale price and there was problems with settling those. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Mm, it's always interesting. There's <laughs> something to keep an eye on. In the meantime, what about commodities? Ah, the commodity price? market was a, was a, it was a well, not quite a C. I mean, the gold price was up uh, uh, up to almost 3% on the week to $1,515 an ounce. Um, the silver price was up 21, up to $21, which was up 6%. Um, unfortunately, the, the industrial um 
the industrial type commodities, which, which you know, some people say are leading to economic activity, have continued to fall. I mean, the copper, which is probably the major one, is is, is down another half a percent on the week to six thousand nine hundred ninety-six dollars a ton. So, so since um, the beginning of the financial year, it's dropped almost ten um, percent uh, in price. So, so that's not necessarily good. Um, the nickel price was, which is used in the manufacture of stainless steel, um, that was down marginally uh, by 0.21% to $1,466 a tonne. So, but that's that, that's a little bit down since the beginning of the financial year, but not much. And the tin price was down um, almost 1% to $20,975 a tonne. So, yeah, the industrial manufacturing type minerals, uh, metals are, are continuing to fall. Um, the, the A dollar was up, um, by about half a percent to 73 cents, um, as of yesterday. Um, the Great British Pound, we were down about 0.1% against that. We're up 3% against Yuan. And that's principally because the, the Chinese have de- devalued their currency, which is, um, someone told me it was the first time in 10 years they've devalued their currency. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when, when a company devalues a country, that, that's currency, that's generally a sign that, that they're trying to boost internal economic activity. So it'll be interesting to see what happens then. Um, we're down 1.5% against the euro. We noticed all the euro news seems to have moved back off the back page again. We might ask Henry about that later if we get a bit of time, because I know he loves that. Um, and our market, well, our market was down dramatically yesterday, almost five well, on the week, but five percent over the week. Um, it fell yesterday. CBA was suspended because uh, one into a trading halt. Suspended, it's not probably the right word. Went in technically the right word. Went into a trading halt to uh, to announce um, a, a five billion dollar rights issue. So um, they're they're looking at raising some capital. We'll talk about a bit that. About that a bit later. Um, and the NASDAQ, which is the US small cap market, was down 2% on the week. And the Hang Seng, which is the Hong Kong market, was down 2.5% to, uh, 23,916. So, so it's continuing to drift down. And another indicator of economic activity, of course, is the, uh, the works Texas intermediate oil price. Yes, one of your favourite things. And that was down 3% on the week. So we're, we're down in the 50s again, mainly the high 50s, $59.63 a barrel. Um, there is talk that that's going to continue to drop and might see $50 again. Um, and what about at the Bowser? At the Bowser. Well, you'll be pleased to know, according to the NRMA website, um, the Bowser price was down 5% on the week to a dollar thirty five a litre in Newcastle for unleaded and Sydney, of course, you won't be so pleased to know was down almost eight percent to a dollar twenty nine a litre. So there's six cents a litre price between Sydney and Newcastle. Um, and the diesel price was down about half a percent in Newcastle to a dollar thirty four and down one percent in Sydney to a dollar twenty seven. Thursday Finance for our sponsor Pritchard and Partners and Stephen Pritchard. It is time for our market snapshot. From our expert, Mr Jennings, from uh, that newsletter, quality financial newsletter, Marcus Today. Um, so, Henry, I hear you're down in lovely Melbourne. What's the weather like down there? Um, it's a little chilly, I guess. Sure. Uh, thanks, Stephen. Down in, in Melbourne and the, the beauties of Sydney. So, um, yes, but only down here for a few days, just uh, touching base with everyone. Yes, it's quite chilly here today, too. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and it was quite chilly on the share market like yesterday <laughs> afternoon when the CBA went into a trading, a halt to announce a, a, 
a five billion dollar capital raising. Yeah, it's been it's been a chilly actually. It's been a very chilly August. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're down about five and a half percent now mm-hmm. um, for August, and, and we're only sort of halfway through. So we had a very good July up four and a half percent, but August has really been all about some um, capital raising and the reporting season. And as you said, we had Commonwealth Bank yesterday, well, not yesterday, actually the day before, um, uh, raising $5 billion, which seems to be the uh, the worst-kept secret in the market, I guess, in terms of uh, um, it was widely leaked in the media, and then they denied it, and they said they were looking at other options. And then yesterday uh, they came out and said, yes, we are looking at raising $5 billion, and at the moment the shares are in suspense. Uh, the market didn't take things lying down and, and, and dropped 91 points yesterday. So um, banking sector very soft um, across the board. Yeah. So, so not good news, I guess. Uh, CBA is coming back on Monday, aren't they? Back at trading. Uh, they, they said they were coming back on Monday or when they bedded down the capital raise. So, oh. um, I mean, they might be back on tomorrow if everything goes according to, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, goes off smoothly, but I suspect it's going to be Monday. Um, the other banks have been sold down on the back of that capital raise, although today we're seeing a bit of a rebound in the banking sector, which is, uh, which is somewhat welcome, um, after, um, after the sort of carnage we've seen. And of course, you know, this is the, the, the five billion the raising is going to reduce the return on equity. Um, it is. Uh, I mean, it's, the, all the banks are having to raise more mm-hmm. capital. Um, the RBA and APRA are, um, sort of pushing them to do that in terms, now, there's a lot of uh, increased capital requirements from global regulators, um, and these guys, on the one hand, are raising five billion, but on the other hand, they're paying out uh, large dividends uh, to shareholders. So it's it's a little strange. And you've got to bear in mind, in the big scheme of things, five billion dollar raising is only um, sort of six months profit for uh, yeah. the CBA. So now they made nine point one five billion dollars. Uh, in, in profit, so not a bad result. Dividend, uh, pretty good as well. So a lot of these banks now are looking relatively, uh, relatively cheap, I guess, in terms of their yield, their PE and their earnings growth. It's just, at the moment, there's a lot of stock around. There's a lot of script around. We've had ANZ raise 3 billion and now, uh, CBA with the, uh, the 5 billion. Because that only leaves, um, Westpac left to, uh, to yeah. raise some money via the issue of ordinary shares. Well, Westpac, yeah, I mean, Westpac did raise some money. They did sell some of their stake in BT Investment Management, so they did raise some money. Um, but uh, I think I think it's fair to say that all the banks probably need to raise more. It's just a question of how much the market can digest in one go. And you know, at the moment we've got a little bit of indigestion, I think, in the market. You know, and we've seen we've seen big falls in August because of it, down to fifty four hundred on the index. Mm, mm, mm. And of course, um, I saw that uh, First State Super is now going to ramp up their commercial lending business. Um, it's, yeah. it's, it's interesting that um, you've got um, these peer-to-peer lending platforms such as Ratesetter and um, Society One, which, which Westpac's an investor in, um, yeah. going after the um, the personal loan market, and obviously yeah. going to lead to some compression in margins. And now um, the super funds are going to start direct lending as well. Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, you know, the, the, the big four and, and the peripheral, even the credit unions and the Bendigos, etc., you know, they've got the the, the, the the infrastructure to support, um, you know, the mortgage lending and personal personal lending. Whereas these super funds are going to have to go through other channels 
Um, it may sort of push margins down, as you, as you say, but you know, at the end of the day, these guys have got a fantastic oligopoly, really, and you know, everybody else is just munching a little bit around the edges. Mm-hmm. But and also, the banks have been quite sensible in terms of investing, as you say, in, in some of these uh, disruptive technology companies <coughs> that are coming along with peer-to-peer lending. Yep. So, you know, all the banks now have got sort of um, direct investment into these. They are hedging their bets a little bit in that regard. So, you know, I don't think it's going to be a major impact anytime soon, not compared to, uh, you know, the amount of money that's being lent at the moment in the property market, which, again, they're trying to slow down a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, this peer to peer lending. I mean, one of them had this free um, get your credit rating um thing. Yeah. So of course uh, I got sucked into getting that. So oh, did you? How'd you go? Oh yeah, it was all right. Sorry. You were all right? Yeah. Well, that's um, a relief. Yeah, yeah, it is. But I don't I'm not sure how you get a perfect rating. Uh, one of my friends said you should write and ask how you get a perfect rating. But nevertheless, um so you you put your details in I mean there's not very much details. It's basically your date of birth, your driver's license and your your um yeah. uh, um you know, you know your address and tick the box to say you've been there for three years. And yeah. it gives you the credit rating. Then the next minute, they offer to lend you $35,000 at 8.95% unsecured. Right. It's That's just, very generous of them. Yeah, well, it's just amazing that. Uh, yes. <laughs> well, I guess that's, I mean, that's the nature of the beast. You, if you, uh, if you watch, you know, the, the Foxtel programs at lunchtimes there, you're being bombarded with, uh, with various people offering you to transfer your credit cards from mm-hmm. high rates to the low rates or, you mm-hmm. know, lines of credit up to $40,000. It's, you know, it's yep. a very competitive market out there and, and with interest rates around the globe at, at pretty close to zero and, you know, official rates here pretty close to 2%. Um, you know, if you can if you can sell money to people at nine percent, um, you, you, you're making a big fat margin. Yep, that's right. So we'll back to, in a moment to uh, continue with uh, Henry in Melbourne. We might talk about some pizzas next. I think. To NURFM, it's Thursday finance for our sponsor Pritchard and Partners. And we're in the middle of our market snapshot, Stephen Pritchard, with Henry Jennings. Before we get on to the, com- the pizzas, Henry, um, ComputerShare yep. missed, missed its guidance, um, guidance profit yep. result, and then it's announced that there's worse results to come. Yes, I mean, this was a bit of a, a, bit of a shock, mm-hmm. I guess, uh, yeah. for the market. They certainly haven't taken it well. ComputerShare's fallen uh, quite heavily yesterday and has continued uh, to fall today, so um, yeah, not good news. They're, they've got some, uh, and they're down nearly ten bucks, having fallen from eleven dollars sixty. So, uh, so not good news. I think you know the, the one thing that stands out with all the profits uh, so far is that if you disappoint, you get savagely whacked, mm-hmm. um, and you get savagely whacked quite quickly. And, and if you disappoint with the outlook, you get even worse um, treatment from the market. And that's that's been the key is the the outlook statements. And we saw that with stocks like Ansel, which on the face of it, the figures weren't too bad, but then the outlook statement was for worse to come, um, and the stock got hit 20% at one stage. Um, CPU is down another 4.5% today. Um, so, yeah, that outlook statement really did te- seem to spook the market. So, um, so not good news for them. And another disappointment was the Domino's pizza business. I mean, that was a bit well, of a darling. That. I mean, Domino's pizza business, I mean, the stock was hit pretty yeah. early, uh, pretty hard early, but then fought back valiantly to uh, to close sort of unchanged. So um, there is a lot of knee-jerk reactions going on in the market at the moment with these, these results. Um, now, we have a theory here at Marcus today that some of that is to do with the new computer trading systems, and these systems are set up 
to read uh, key words and, and uh. react accordingly. Um, Domino's was whacked nearly 9% on the result and has since uh, pulled itself actually back up and is now trading above uh, where it was. Domino's, of course, um, is a pizza company, but more importantly for Domino's, it's a technology company, um, and they've used technology and apps and social media really to uh, to cut the the time that it takes to order and get a get a pizza down uh, dramatically. They're now talking about fifteen minutes, and you can monitor the the uh, the driver of the of the car on your on your iPhone or your your Samsung or whatever, so you can actually see where your pizza is. I mean, I'm not sure that's a particularly useful feature, but you know, it's certainly something that's driving um, them. It makes drivers safer. Um, so Domino's is very much a technology company. The one issue they seems to be having is that the the Japanese uh, pizza business isn't going quite as well as they thought. So maybe they need to stick some sushi in the, uh, mm, in the pizza mm. as well. And of course, another profit fall was uh, was uh, Cockley. Yes, another one. Another one. I mean, that one fell on deaf ears. <laughs> um, sorry, that's a terrible joke. Um, but yeah, Cochlear um, had another uh, big precipitous fall. But again, you know, the, the, the shares, um, you know, reacted very poorly to begin with. But we are seeing them sort of claw, claw their way back, and we've got them up a little bit today. And you know, they're nearly back to uh, eighty-six dollars. They were ninety bucks before the before mm-hmm. the figures, and they did get down to. Uh, to below 78 can you believe um, on, on the initial reaction so again you know we are seeing these savage reactions mm-hmm. and a lot of volatility in shares which I, I think is a lot of it is is uh, computer driven so mm-hmm. um, uh, once sane heads and some sanity prevails uh, the stocks get back on a more uh, more, more level footing and then then uh, something something had a uh, 69 uh, Certex had a 69% increase in profit and the, the stock jumped 11% straight away Sometimes you know I've been I've been in the stock market for too many years, um, and sometimes strange things happen. You know, Certex um, jumped, and uh, it's, it's a it's a great quality stock. Um, but we had a position in a stock called Karoon for some drill results. The drill results came in with uh, with no hydrocarbons found, and the stock actually went up four cents, which um, <laughs> I, I was astonished at. You know, Cochlear, uh, Certex up ten percent today on the back of their numbers. So. Mm. And the other thing that's going up dramatically is um, Capilano uh, Hay. Yeah, there's a a good buzz about Capilano. Yeah. Full of of terrible puns today. Uh, (laughs) It's full of bees. Yeah, I mean, Capilano um, have done a great job, and then they're pushing their products up the the margin scale, I guess, and focusing a lot on the the manuka, uh, sort of honey side of things. And Australian food is, is very much in demand in Asia. They're pushing the Australian honey story into Asia, and, and they're doing it very well. So, uh, you know, like stocks like Blackmores, which are expanding heavily into Asia, and there's a cachet involved um, there. You know, Capilano have done very well. We've seen um, the likes of Bellamy's also pushing into Asia. Yeah. We've seen bids for um, food stocks like uh, A2 as well as they push into uh, mm-hmm. the U.S. and Asia. So there's certainly a, an appetite for for good. Uh, quality Australian produce, mm. and Capilano is one of those, and the stock price has reflected that. Mm. Mm. It's interesting. 
because uh, it wasn't so long ago they were raising some money at 70 cents a share and you could have, a, you could have had as many <laughs> as you wanted. Yeah, yeah. no, it's, uh, yeah. It, it's, it's crazy. You know, yeah. there's, there's, there's been some, some very, very big moves in some of these, yeah. uh, in some of these agri stocks that uh, yep. have benefited from the, uh, the developing middle class in Asia. And then uh, AGL, um, AGL Energy seems to be coming under a bit of pressure about um, exiting from their, their coal business, uh, their coal generation business. And, yep. um, you know, I, I would have thought it's a lot harder to, to exit from those baseload power stations than people are making out. I mean... The, the, the other yeah. technology doesn't is just not there to replace them. I mean, unless we want to go to back to candles overnight. Well, yeah, I mean, who knows where this is heading? I mean, certainly, if you look at what's happening with uh, European uh, power generation, it's very much heading down a renewables path. But then they haven't got oodles of cheap coal that uh, that we have. And as you say, it's quite hard to turn off base station power stations that are reliant on coal and gas and replace it completely with solar, wind, or whatever. So, um, you know, it, it's, it always looks good when these companies uh, you know, sort of prostate their, 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 their credentials in the green um, department. But, um, you know, I think the reality is we are going to be stuck with coal-fired power stations for some time to yeah. come, despite uh, everyone's best intentions. Yeah, I think that's right. Okay, I think that's time to wrap up, Henry. So will you be back? Will you be back in Sydney next week or Melbourne? I'm I'm flying back to Sydney tonight. Oh, excellent. Get some sunshine, hopefully, for the weekend. Hopefully. Okay. We'll talk to you next week. Henry Jennings with our market snapshot from Marcus Today Financial Newsletter. And this is Thursday Finance for our sponsor, Pritchard & Partners, and Stephen Pritchard. We need to think about... um, uh, about our kids and our grandkids and their future, and often it's a good idea to put aside some investments for them. Are there some tricky things to think about? Ah, oh, yes, it's, it's it's a lot more complex than it should be. I mean, in a number of companies, the U, the UK, for example, has got a special um, tax product for saving for children um, called a, a children's individual savings account, which has got tax concessions, but, but unfortunately we don't have that here. So, so yes, lo- when, when children are born, quite often the, ch- the children's parents or the grandparents want to put some money away for, for their future. I know my grandmother opened a Newcastle permanent account for me. Um, and, you know, over time that can kind of mount up. So, so a couple of things you need to think about is, First of all, who, whose name the investments are going to be made in and um, who has to pay the tax on the income from those investments? Now, if, if the money's if the money's generally for the children and you're not running some scheme here, I always think it's best to put the, the, na- the account in the name of the, of the parent or the grandparent in trust for the, the respective child. And, and that way it's, it's quite clear to everyone um, that, that, that the, the money is actually the child's money. And if you do that, just bear in mind, you know, you can't dip into that money to pay the housekeeping or whatever. If, you, if you're going to put money aside for the children, it needs to be definitely the children's. And it, mm-hmm. and you it, can dip into that money oh, at oh, all? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, if you're doing to, to, to pay some educational expenses or something. Right. That, so sure. the trustee still has disposable Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's fine. Yeah. But, but if you're trying to tell the tax office that it's generally the children's money um, and you've given it to them, you, you need to make sure that, that any money that comes out of that 
savings is for the children's benefit and not for your trip to Fiji or wherever. Um, a, a lot of a lot of the advantage, of course, has been done away with on that because um, income on children's accounts um, is tax. Oh, the first four hundred and sixteen dollars is tax free, and the amount over um, four hundred and sixteen is, is taxed at a penalty rate of sixty six percent. Oh, that's high. That's high, yes. So, so you need to give a bit of thought about how much money you're going to save here. And then, then after the money's got up, it has, has built up a bill, um, your options are moving out of the savings account. Um, there's things like term deposits, um, shares or managed funds. Term deposits, um, you know, pretty straightforward. Um, you know, most banks will take a term deposit of $500 or so, um, and, and then you'll get a bit of higher interest rate than the savings account. But just bear in mind this $416 uh, penalty tax that you're uh, up for, um, income above $416. Um, shares, um, ideal investment for, 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 for your children or grandchildren is, is to start a share portfolio. Um, we always recommend it to, to um, start with one of the listed investment companies, or perhaps one of the ETFs that now um, that now will replicate the Australian market. Um, they're, What's they're an ETF? Exchange traded fund. We, we spoke about them before. You, you, yes, you, and yes. we're remembering now. Yeah, we're remembering now. So an exchange traded fund. There's various options, um, but but for for the grandchildren or the children, I, I just start with a um, probably the equal weighted one, which which. It's got about 200 stocks in it and an equal 200 stocks about one and a half percent or something they're, they're weighted. Um, so you buy an instant portfolio and you can buy those. I mean, we'd recommend $2,000 minimum. So, you know, um, basically savings account, if you're going to put in your $10 a week or whatever, uh, once you get a $500, put that into a TD, a term deposit. Um, and once you get up to $2,000, um, look at, um, some exchange traded funds or a listed investment company. Um, or, or the other alternative. Sorry. They also go into the children's names. Yeah, 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 trust yeah. For. yeah, yeah. So what you well, well, yes, what you do is you'd, you'd set it up in uh, Mr. Smith's name on account of um, um, little Harry Smith or, or whatever. So, so yeah, you, chess registration rules won't allow you to put the words in trust, but you can have an account designation. And once again, um, if you do that, the, the children's become has to pay the tax on that income. And of course, if they total income is less than four hundred sixteen dollars. Um, yeah, you know, there's no tax to pay, and you know, really, um, to get four percent, and for you, you'd probably, you know, you probably need twenty thousand dollars of investment. So we're we're talking a reasonable amount of money before you have to pay mm. um, the high tax. The high mm. tax, yeah, mm. yeah. Um, and so an alternative, of course, to uh, a listed listed thing is uh, a managed fund, um, and there's a whole raft of those. Um, you know, you can you can buy. Um, one is to invest in Australian shares, one is to invest in um, uh, foreign shares or, or a balanced fund. Um, y- you know, I, I, I tend to once again go to, a, to, a, to either a balanced fund or just something simple that invests in Australian shares. Um, once again, um, a lot of those seem to have over time have increased their minimum. I mean, at one stage you, you used to uh, be able to invest in those for 2000 but they seem to be up to around 5000 minimum investment now. So uh, I'd, I'd tend to stick, if you, unless that you had some specific reason to, to you want a specific managed fund, I'd just tend to stick in the, you know, one of the listed investment companies or an ETF, which will give you a, a broad exposure to the, 
to the investments. And you're telling me I've only got one minute left here, Jay. <laughs> You've got lots so of you can, you can, say. you know, with the magic of compounding, which we spoke to, I think, last year, um, you know, a small amount of um, savings can, over a period of, of time, um, dramatically lead to a large amount of, of money for, for a reasonable amount of money for the for the child for you to give it your 18th or 16th or 21st birthday or whatever you want and you know um, and once children start to get out age you know as, as I've got a son who's uh, 16 is now talking about he wants a car dad so you know even even though he's he's, he's got a part-time job and um, you know it's still good to be able to give them a bit of money to, to assist to buy their car or, or whatever and, and this is a way you can kind of painlessly get it just by starting off giving you know ten dollars a week, which you, which is two cappuccinos that you're not even going to miss. A good start in life, and that's Thursday finance for today. Thank you, Stephen Pritchard. Thank you, Jane. And we'll be back next Thursday after the midday news. You can catch us on podcast on two nurfm dot com.